0: Four conversation mistakes that instantly turn women off. Number one. <laughs> well done. <laughs> eye contact. A lot of men aren't even able to hold relaxed and steady eye contact with a lady these days. And I was talking to somebody yesterday, a client of mine, who, says, who recently joined the program, who says he struggles with even making eye contact with women in the beginning. And it's completely normal and understandable that if you haven't had a lot of dates that you're not even used to the presence of women in your life. But you have to understand that women map your current behavior towards future behavior, and they derive ideas about your character as a man from your behavior and certain honest signals that you're sending out. And if you're not even able to hold eye contact, relaxed and steady for a period of time, you come across as untrustworthy. You come across as incredibly insecure. You can build a lot of connection. You can build a lot of tension by simply holding eye contact. Now, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to stare too long. You want to have pressure on, pressure off. Because if you're only staring for two minutes in a row, that's obviously too much. But while she's talking, you've got to be relaxed. Now, you don't want to pull up your eyelids. That's what makes everybody look crazy. You don't want to tilt your head either. Nice straight posture. Eyelids a little bit relaxed, and just looking forward. And your intention also matters, right? That's something that's oftentimes not discussed when it comes to eye contact. It's not just the fact that you're holding it, but it's almost the energy that you say it with. It's the intention that's going to come through because we as human beings are paying off of each other in terms of mirror neurons. You find that when somebody has a really strong positive energy, you're going to feel that if somebody has a really strong sexual energy, perhaps, you're going to feel that. If somebody has a very strong negative energy, you're going to feel that. Why is that? Well, there's no real woo-woo involved here. But what it is, is something called mirror neurons. You, at a micro level, exhibit signals. You change your posture, your tone of voice, your facial expressions. You're sending certain micro signals that the other person then mimics unconsciously and thereby is able to feel what you feel. Source, trust me, bro. My bro science, the understanding of mirror neurons. Now, this may be completely off from a scientific perspective. Fact of the matter is that if you have a certain strong state of energy and a degree of certainty, then she will be able to feel that. So when you have eye contact, it's important that you bring the emotional state you want her to feel first. So you bring it to the situation. You don't wait for her positivity to feel positive. And that's what most men do. Most men aren't able to hold eye contact. They look away. They come across as not trustworthy, unbelievably insecure. And they ping off of her to feel the emotions they want to feel. And you don't even realize that, that you're doing that in most areas in life. Well, not in most, actually. In your business, in your career, you're probably not doing that. In your business and your career, you're probably a leader. You're, if you're a manager, if you run your own business, then you realize you have to bring certainty to the situation. Out of nothingness, there's an issue. You create the certainty. But all of a sudden, when it comes to the date, you're using her as a frame of reference. As opposed to autonomously generating the emotions you want her to feel first, you wait for her to show positivity, validation, approval, sexuality, and then you can allow yourself to feel it as a result of her exhibiting those beforehand. But that's the wrong thing. That's what's going to turn women off. What women actually prefer is for you to be the source of positivity, to be a source of certainty and strength. Remember how I was saying that what women really want is to see, as I was saying earlier, they map your current behavior towards future behavior. And so if you're not able to bring certainty and one way in which that manifests is calm, relaxed, and steady eye contact, if you're not able to bring that on a date, how is she supposed to be able to trust you that you're going to be able to run a family? How is she supposed to be able to have any faith that you are going to be able to overcome life's obstacles, life's challenges, if you can't even bring a degree of emotional stability on the date? How are you supposed to be able to do that? How is she supposed to have any faith in your problem-solving abilities as a man if you can't even look her in the eyes? So, what can you do about that? Let's say you don't feel particularly comfortable with holding eye contact. Well, you can train yourself. You can progressively desensitize yourself. You could walk in public and look people in the eyes. And oftentimes you think, Oh, what are people going to think of me? They're all so obsessed with me and that's actually not true a lot of men are so afraid of making approaches in public because they're so scared of what other people think other people don't really give a shit they gotta pay attention to you for 10-15 seconds and then they're back in their own minds then they're back in their own heads because everybody is their main character in their own movie right so they don't really care so what you need to do is you need to walk around and look people in the eye look women in the eye next time you're on a date make a conscious effort and then what's gonna happen is you're gonna feel a sense of unease you will look her in the eye and you will feel the need to look away and you meditate on it not necessarily on the date. that would obviously be pretty fucking weird but what you do is you become aware of the sensation you feel it and you just allow it to be there but you are still the one in control that's very important to keep in mind you are still the one in control you are the one who gets to decide what the right actions are, regardless of your current emotional state. It doesn't matter whether you feel certain uncomfortable emotions, nervousness perhaps, or a degree of restlessness. You decide. In meditation, that's called, you're the one who knows. You make that decision. And so when you feel A sensation of nervousness or restlessness or unease while you're making eye contact. Just say, okay, restlessness. Ah, I see you. I recognize you. Thank you for your opinion. Ah, the nervous mind, the nervous part in me. Thank you for your opinion. I'll take over from here. You are the one who knows. You are the space in which that occurs. It's obviously a mental model. Whether that's factually true or not doesn't matter. Just think of it as a mental model to operate from, because if you imagine yourself to be space and awareness, loving awareness, because Jack Kornfield says, says that awareness alone is not enough, because you will tend to be, oops, quite antagonistic the second you realize something occurs within that awareness that you don't desire. So if you realize a negative emotion, then you can develop an antagonistic relationship towards that thing, which isn't ideal. So you need to be lovingly aware. Ah, nervousness. Oh, okay. I didn't do that approach. Oh, online dating didn't go so well. And then you start beating yourself up. And one of the most important things, I always say that, there's probably 27 of those, but one of the most important things in dating, if you want to be successful with women, is an empowering self dialogue. And a prerequisite for that is loving awareness. So you make eye contact with her. You feel certain emotions, restlessness, the desire to look away, and you just hold it. And then you look away. Then you break the tension. And the next time, a little bit longer. And you allow yourself to understand that nervousness in its experience is so similar to excitement that you can mentally reframe it. It's very difficult to take anger, to feel angry and say, I'm happy. It's very difficult. Two physiologically very different experiences. But nervousness and excitement, they're so similar. But the next time you feel nervousness, you can simply say, oh, I must be excited too. I must be excited to see whether she's just a pretty face or whether she actually has a great personality. I must be excited to see where things go. I must be excited to see something. I must be excited to find out. If you do that 17 times over the next four weeks, your life will never be the same. Because you'll feel the nervousness and you say, "Ah, I must be excited too. And even if it's actual fear. Well, then you can say, I must be excited. Well, fear is a little bit more intense. But even there, theoretically, you could. You can change your state. You can change your mental and emotional state to an extent where you realize, okay, fear is no longer an issue. You drastically decrease fear, where it's just nervousness, and then you reframe it into excitement. But coming back to eye contact, you have to be able to hold relaxed and steady eye contact. That's the first mistake. Do you know mistake number two? No, I didn't tell you. (laughs) Mistake number two, statements as opposed to questions. Most men ask women questions on the date all the time. You run out of things to say. And when you run out of things to say, what do you do? You ask questions. You latch on to interview style questions as if you're Leo who just jumped off the fucking Titanic and is in ice cold water and hanging on to the door that the girl was lying on. That's exactly how you're clinging on to interview style questions. But what I would invite you to do is to understand that when you ask her a question, she can most of the time only tell you something she already knows. Yes, you could make the counter-argument that when she's talking, she's investing in the conversation. But if you're asking her boring, generic questions, her experience of the interaction with you is going to be boring and, genetic. Boring and generic. Therefore, she's going to assume you are boring and generic. So instead of that, you have to learn to overshare. Statements versus questions. Super important. Three statements, one question. In the beginning, you have to assume the burden of productivity. You have to carry the conversation. Now, the second she starts investing, you absolutely let her. You absolutely let her invest in the conversation the second she wants to. But you have to overshare and open certain conversational threads, called conversational threading, for her to then realize, ah, I can latch onto this. Give you an example. You meet somebody, I might say, if I were to meet for another right now, I'm like, hey, excuse me two seconds, nice to meet you, blah, blah, we get talking. And then one thing that I could say, either that maybe on a date or maybe during the initial approach, I might say, so if she asks me, what do you do for work? Instead of just saying, well, dating coaching, or let's say personal development coaching in the furthest sense, <laughs> like, or let's say, yeah, let's say you have a personal development coaching business, just for argument's sake. I could say, oh, well, personal development coaching, boom, conversation over, done. Or I run a business, boom, done. Or, well, I'm a manager for Amazon, boom, done, conversation shut down. I could say, well, look, I used to work for technology companies in Dublin, which was actually amazing because we had an amazing team, a lot of amazing guys, a lot of amazing girls, a bunch of friends. But I realized I have a problem with authority. I don't really like having a boss. So now I started my own business. You have to understand, one, the signals you're sending, What does it say about yourself if you have a a problem with authority? And if you run your own business, most likely you do as well. Now, that's not to say that you can't be coachable. A lot of people who have a problem with authority are actually quite coachable. They just don't like having a boss. If you run your own business, you know what I mean, right? Now, if you happen to be employed, you don't have to have that issue so much. It doesn't have to be that particular thing, but it's just a very authentic expression of who I am. That opens up a conversational thread, and then she goes, okay, technology companies, Dublin, own business, Is a lot of things she could then respond to. And then I could even include, oh yeah, back in the day at my university, I was teaching martial arts. You look fit. Do you go to the gym? I do. Okay. So that's not just all good genetics, no? (laughs) No. (laughs) Partially. Partially. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the idea, right? You can open up a lot of conversational threads. This goes way, way, way deeper. And that's obviously something that I teach in detail in my coaching program. What are they supposed to do, babe? Apply for a first. Free? Free. Coaching call. Coaching call. Well, nowadays, we call it a free initial consultation call. Yeah. Same shit. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Around here, please. Um, <laughs> yes. That's obviously something that we teach in detail in our coaching program. So click the link underneath this video if you listen to this on Spotify. Apply for a free initial consultation call so that we can help you with your individual situation. Because this goes way, way, way deeper than this. But for you to take away statements over questions. Mistake number three. Let me check my little list here. Not relating things to you and her. You're simply telling stories, but at the factual level. You're just talking about the thing not about that how that thing relates to you and her for example i could talk about oh yeah i did martial arts blah 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 and i could say okay well what do you do you go to the gym okay i bet only ever weights never cardio right <laughs> no both both actually oh okay yeah. cool that's awesome see but a playful assumption is so much better than just a factual statement most of you guys are so logical because in your professional environment you've learned to be rewarded for concise and logical communication the problem is that fucks you up in your dating and your relationship life. Because she doesn't come to the date for a logical exchange of information. That's not what she wants. She wants fun and emotions. She wants to be emotionally engaged. She wants to laugh. And it's way more engaging to relate things to you and her as opposed to just staying on the story level. So when, you, when you're telling a story, find ways to relate that to you and her. Super, super powerful. Number four you're afraid to lose her. Really important. It's not a technical mistake. It's more a mistake at the mindset level. And I know I talk about it all the time, but you have to hear it. You have to understand it. As long as you're afraid to lose her, as long as there's the tiniest bit in you where you're afraid to lose her, you're like, I really hope. Well, she's going to sense that and it's actually going to repel her. Now, that's not to say that you can't want things to go well. Obviously, you can want things to go well, but there's a difference between wanting and needing you can absolutely want her but want is a positive emotion it's, like, mm, it's desire yes, yes. <laughs> it's like i was like show me desire you know that's a positive emotion needing is uh, what does needing look like if you need someone yeah exactly fear like eyebrows come up there's a certain physiology physiology there's a certain physiology associated with the emotion of neediness if you need her That manifests itself in your body language. And she'll pick up on that. It's going to repel her. It's disgusting. Women find it disgusting if you need them. They want you to want them. But they don't want you to need them. They may think of you as cute in the beginning. They may reward you for it initially in the short term. But in the long term, they're going to lose respect for you for a fact. They don't want you to need them. They want you to be grounded and anchored in your own identity as a man. So. You have to understand that you can want her, but not need her. There is such an abundance of women. And this is not about, like, this is not some pick-up artist nonsense, right? The people who come to me, they want to find a meaningful, long-term relationship. That's probably what you're here for. You want to find a meaningful, serious, long-term relationship, a girlfriend or life partner. Boom. <laughs> it smells a bit like wheat, doesn't it? That's well, the plant's probably... It's not about pickup artist nonsense. It's not just about going on hundreds of dates. That's absolutely not a nonsense. But you need to make an educated choice. If we're talking about finding somebody that you can potentially spend the rest of your life with, you have to understand that the number one predictor for success in a relationship is compatibility. It's not communication or couples therapy. Communication is the essence when it comes to building attraction. But the number one factor that's going to decide whether you're going to be happy or not is actually compatibility. In order to increase the probability that you have compatibility, you have to have a lot of options available to yourself. In order to have options available to yourself, you gotta use online dating and meet women in real life. And if you wanna learn how to get more high-quality dates from online dating, how to use texting, how to build, sustain attraction on a date and move things forward into a relationship with a woman who can share life with you, you can watch Netflix with, you can travel with, you can do whatever the fuck you want together, something beautiful, then apply for a free initial consultation call underneath this video right now and I'm looking forward to speaking with you very soon. Take care. You. <laughs>